In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name. Father, Lord, we bless your name. We thank you because a time in your presence is a time where men come to renew strength. We thank you because we're going to be blessed today. We thank you because we're going to be trained today. We thank you because you will do that which only you can do in our midst. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Can we have our seats, please? Praise the Lord. If you're around in the last catechismus, if you're around in the last catechismus, can you raise your hands? Those who are around. Okay. That have a few people. Well, I can't tell you how this one is going to be, but I can tell you that the same God that was around the last time is still going to do something very powerful, even in the cost of this week. So I want you to be ready. I want you to be prepared. I want you to keep your heart stayed in the Lord. So today I'm just going to be introducing the program to us. And uh, we, as we all know, the, 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 or the theme or topic, if you like it, is catatismus. Right? So I don't know how many people know what that means. What does, what does catatismus mean? Does anybody understand what that means? It simply means to, to be equipped. Uh, it's a Greek word. It means to be completely furnished. It means to uh, be equipped, to be made ready for something, uh, to be prepared. Uh, it's used like to be, the, to be put in a condition of fitness. So it's, it can also be used for perfection. It's something you can, uh, you can also look at it as being made perfect. Uh, being made fit. Uh, so you are here to be fit. You are here to be trained. You are here to be equipped. And the way it's, it's used several times in the Bible and uh, in, Psalms four, in Psalms 74 verse 16, the word there is to be established or some other translation will say to be prepared, uh, to be equipped, to be restored. It means to be brought back. It means to be uh, completely finished. You are, you are complete. Uh, in Matthew chapter, 14, chapter 4, verse 21, we see the disciples. They were mending their, their, their nets. So this word is also uh, the, the, what is used there to mend or to restore. We see them, they were mending their, their distance. There was something and it was broken. And then they needed to mend it back. They need to repair it. So this is what this, the, the word catatismus means. It also is the same word that is used in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, where it talks about restoring a fallen brother. So uh, restoring a fallen brother is the same word. It means to be restored, to be brought back, uh, to be prepared in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 5, to be put in place of order, to put things in order. So this is what we have come to enjoy. We have come to be equipped we have come to be established. We have come to be restored. We have come to be complete. We have come to be finished. If they are broken pieces, we have come to mend. So this is what we all have come here to uh, be done to us, every one of us. So this was suggests to make something uh, work the way it's designed to work. 
So this same catatismos is, is, is also a word that you can refer to, making something uh, the way you should walk. There is a way God wants you to be. There is a desire of God about a believer. There is a standard of God about a believer. They say a hard desire that God yearned for for a believer. So we are here to be equipped such that we would walk in the way we are designed to walk. We are here to be uh, to to start walking in the way we are designed to walk. To bring something that was not effective. To bring something that was not effective to effectiveness. So this is the same word that can be used. So these things mean catatismos. This is what it means. To bring something to the place of effectiveness. Something that has been dormant. Something that has been dormant. God has designed us to walk according to his plan and his purposes. There is a plan and there is a desire of God. Uh, there's a way you used to live before, before you knew God. So you need to understand or you need to learn the new way or the way of the Lord. So this is the aim of this thing is that we are equipped, we are, we are thoroughly furnished, uh, we are made ready, we are prepared. We begin to walk the way we were designed to walk. We begin to manifest like children of God. Praise God. So let's look at uh, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Chapter 2, from verse 1 to 7. He said, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You yourself must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one entangles, no one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of life, that he may please he who enlisted him as a soldier. And if also if anyone com complete, compete in athletics, he is not crowned unless he, comp he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must, first, must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say. And may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So we see here Paul is admonishing Timothy and he's saying to him, My son, therefore my son. So this meeting is for people that are children of God. This meeting is for people that God can say, you are my son. God can look at you and say, my son, my daughter. This is a meeting for the children of God. It's a believer's meeting. It tells you of a believer. When he calls him my son, it's personal to him. You are one of us. You belong to this family. You belong to us. He said, be strong in the grace of Jesus. There is a grace that is in Jesus. There is a grace that is in Jesus Christ. There is a grace that we need to walk by. There is a grace that we need to walk in. This meeting is to help you walk in that grace. There is a grace of Jesus Christ that is being talked about here. He said, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. This meeting is geared to ensure that you walk in that grace. You walk in that grace that is in Jesus Christ. Praise God. And so he tells him to commit the things that he had to faithful men. So this meeting is also here to, to commit to you the word of truth. This meeting is geared to commit to you the word of truth. 
We are here to commit the word of truth to you. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you don't know the truth, you cannot be free. I remember the last time I had the opportunity to preach, I was telling, you, I was telling us that we, are, we have always been in war. We've always been in a war and it has been wars of ideas. The world is always trying to pump so many things to you. It's always trying to infuse you with so many beliefs. This meeting is there to equip you, to help you know the truth, to help you understand what the truth is. The truth about Jesus, the truth about how you should live your life. We're all here because you are faithful people. We're here to commit to you, faithful people, the word of God. We're here to commit to us, faithful men, the word of truth. Praise God. That you may be able to com commit the same thing to others. This is the idea of Jesus, that you are able to teach, that you are able to disciple, that you are able to, to teach people, that you are able to teach your family in the way of the Lord. Some of us, God has helped us to depend or to find men that will mentor us or that will speak over our lives. Our families and our parents just, we did morning devotion and that was it. That is not the idea of God. The idea of God is that you as an individual is able to lead your family to the Lord. Praise God. So we are here, we are here so that we will commit the word of truth that we will be able to teach others, that we will be able to evangelize, that we will be able to commit these same words to other people. And so he tells him that you must endure hardship. He tells him that you must endure hardship. So this meeting is very long, you know, to be honest. <laughs> five days from nine to five. It's a long program, right? But this is the things you must endure. For you to grow, for you to become that man that God wants you to become, you must endure these things. You must sit down, you must listen, you must write, you must understand what is being uh, said to you. You must write down, you must understand the plan of God and the heart of God. You must endure hardship. Proper equipping enables you to, to endure the hardship of life. The economic situation that is happening in the world, there's so many things that are happening, be it the war, be it the so many ideas that the world are pushing to us, be it the challenges that you are, face, you are facing. Proper equipping. If you are well equipped, you'll be able to face challenges. If you're not equipped, when anything shows up, you will lose the faith. You will just give up the faith and run away. You know, you might, the last time I had the opportunity to talk, I was, I was, there was something I wanted to say, but I didn't write it down. If you're not properly equipped, right, as a young lady, if a boy just drive around now, this Jesus thing we're talking about, you just leave it and just follow him. As a young man, if you don't have money and your friend suggests to you there is an easy way to get money, you will leave this thing. You say, we have done these things. We have done these things. But proper equipping helps you to stay in faith. It helps you to continue in faith. So this is what we are here to do. To equip you. The reason why people fall away, the reason why people are not uh, pursuing the faith the way they should pursue it is because they are not properly equipped. And so the, the slightest challenge of life, the fact that the weather is hot, can make you start doing anyhow. Praise God. The reason why many people are not able to start the ministry that God has been speaking to them about, that God has been 
they, they know it. A prophet have told you, your father have told you. The reason why many people are not able to start, they are not even maybe able to continue, is because they are not properly equipped. Praise God. And he also said to him, as a good soldier of Christ, he also described him as a soldier. Do you know you're a soldier of Christ? And a soldier is not just a soldier because he carries gun. Anybody can carry gun. Anybody can carry gun. A soldier is a soldier because he's trained. And he knows that he belongs to the state. It's not like one of those that, you know, some, I said, you know, apart from you, except you're coming from Nigeria. But a proper soldier knows that he's, he's, he stands for the state. He knows his life is for the country. Do you know your life belongs to Jesus? You're a soldier of Christ. For you to be an excellent soldier of Christ, you need to be, there's need for equipment. There's need for training. For you to be a soldier, there's need for equipment. There's need for reinforcement. A soldier will not just go to war and then you leave him there for, for three years. You need to be giving him supplies. You need to be reinforcing them. You need to be bringing him help. So this meeting is here to reinforce you. To resupply you the grace of God. To resupply you the things of God. To resupply you the stanzas of God. And the desires of God. That you don't lose faith. That 10 years from now you don't say we have done it. And you know that life. It was a very good life. But you know there, there are so many things that are more important about this life. Apart from you know Christ. But 10 years from now when they see you. When anybody sees you. You continue in faith. You are somebody who has grown in faith. There is need for equipment. A sport, a sport person follows the rules and regulations. There is very little athlete, like athletic gene can do for you if you are not trained. You know, even if, personally, I believe that if I was in the US, I'm sure you see me on the TV. This, this is just my personal belief. Do you understand? But athletic genes cannot... There is very little they can take you. There is need for you to train them. There is need for you to train your muscles. To be able to run. Why people run as fast as they can. Why footballers play for 90 minutes. Is because they train. You, can, you know. Some of you should go and try it. Just one day. Some of you, somebody should carry you to this, this field around. Of football. Go and play. Like five minutes. You'll be looking for air. That is because you are not trained. That is because you are not exercising. That is because you are not exercising. This meeting is here to exercise you. To train you. To build your muscles. To build your endurance. So that you can become a winner for Christ. Praise God. The meeting is here to make you an extraordinary person. That you live a winning life. So endure equipping. Don't come today and tomorrow we don't see you. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4.
Griechen, chapter 4, verse 11. For he himself gave some to be apostles, and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the set, for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the status or the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed through and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the, tri by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knitted together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does each year, causing, causes growth of the body for the edification of itself in love. Praise God. Praise the Lord. The reason why you have pastors, the reason why you have pastors, the reason why you have prophets, why you have teachers, why you have meetings like this, is that he has given you the gift of men so that you can be equipped. He has given you the gift of pastors and prophets so that you can be equipped, so that you can be trained, so that, that, so that you can do ministry. He has given you these people so that you can do the ministry that he has called you to do. Praise God. The ultimate aim of, of the apostles and the pastors is to shaping you up, is to shaping up the strength to the, to the work of ministry. The aim of your pastor and your leaders and your teachers is to shaping you, to bring you. They are your trainers. The people that help you to muscle up. The people that help you to have endurance. The people that help you to be able to have the strength and stamina to run far. Praise God. Their work is to mend the scent. They are here to see the broken parts. They are here to notice what are the broken things in your life and they begin to mend them. They are there to ensure that you are mended. That every broken net is mended. Preparing you for service. Getting you ready for action. Getting you ready for the thing that God has called you to do. They are here to fit you out. Praise God. They are here to make you the people that are useful in the hands of God. There's no man that has been used by God that is not fitted out. There's no man that has been used greatly by God that has not been trained, that has not been fitted, that, has not, that is not ready for work. There is nobody. Praise God. And I just want us to look at the, 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 the story of, of David, just briefly. In 1 Samuel. We'll come back to this. In 1 Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17, verse, uh, verse 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things and went to Jesse, and, and went as Jesse commanded him. And he came to the camp as the armies were going out. We're going out to fight 
and shouting for the battle. The Israelites and the Philistines have, have drawn up in battle array, armies against army. And David left his supply in the hands of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was a champion, a Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according to these things, according to these same words. So David heard him. And all the people of, and all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king would enrich with great riches and would give him and we give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from, the, from, taxation in, from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and take away the reproach from Israel? For who is, the un, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine who, that, has, that should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered, in, in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elab, his brother, heard when he spoke to the, to the men, and Elab was angry. Anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left the few, the few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Is, is this not a cause? Is there not, was there not, is there not a cause? Verse 30. And he turned from him towards another and said the same thing. These people answered, this, these people answered him as the first one did. Now when the word now, when the word, the words which David spoke were heard, they reported, him to, they reported them to Saul, and he sent for him. And David, and David said to Saul, Let no one's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight the Philistine. And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against this Philistine, to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion, when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by the beards and struck him and killed him. Your servant has killed both lions and bears. And this uncircumcised solution would be like one of them, seeing he has defiled the army of the living God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So we see here also the, the story of David. I, I wish I could read them, but I think because of time. We see here the, the, the story of David that he came to a place. He came to a place where people were running. He came to a place where people were, were, were afraid, were very dreadful. Because there was an enemy, there was somebody who was more powerful than them, or who seems more powerful than them. He has said a lot of things. He has defied them. He has said so many things. 
But we see the confidence that he speaks with. We see the confidence and how he was not even afraid. And the reason why he's not afraid is because he's equipped. He knows his training. He understands that he has been trained. This is, the kind of, this is the kind of confidence that can only come from a person who is well equipped. Who understands, who, who is familiar to, to what is going on. Fear comes when you know you are not ready. Fear comes when you know that you are not prepared. But when you understand it, when you know you have done greater things, when you know that you are made ready for these things, you will face anything in life. It is fear that makes men to flee. It is lack of equipping that makes men to go out of the faith. We see these men, once this man started shouting, all of them will start running. Because they are not ready. Although they were soldiers, but they are not prepared for such a, a great man like Goliath. It is lack of equipping that makes people to give up the faith. It is lack of equipping that makes people to flee from situations that seem dangerous to them. Equipping helps you to stand in the gap for your kinsmen. We see here that he comes and he says, who is this person that has defied the army of the Lord? Who is this person? He stands in the gap. When you're properly equipped, you're able to stand in the gap for your family. You're able to stand in the gap for your country. You're able to stand in the gap for the people that depend on you. But when you're not equipped, things will just be rolling over you. They can just come and step on you and keep moving. So this meeting is there to equip you so that your families are also blessed. So that your country is also blessed. Praise God. Equipping is what helps you to look at, to look at evil and say, this is evil. You say, who is this uncircumcised person? Because you see evil, because you are well trained and you are ready for these things. We see the king is telling him that you are youth and this man has been fighting. When you are well equipped, people will be saying you are doing too much. You are young and you are doing so many things. They are afraid of you. They, they don't know what to do with you. Because it seems like you're not working in the norms of your society. You're not working as an 18-year-old girl. Neither are you working as a 20-year-old boy. You're working in the will of God. And that has a way of putting people off. And you should expect that when you are ready and equipped. But the fitting place of David, the fitting place of David is a place where he was in the wilderness. He killed the lion. He killed the bear with his bare hands. He didn't mention that. He killed, he killed the lion and he killed the bear. Praise God. There is a place of equipping. He was in the wilderness, in the back of the mountains, and he was being trained. But there were soldiers that were doing their normal training. But this man was ready. He was ready for the battle. Praise God. We also see the story of Abraham when God tells him to leave his family. To leave where you are. Go to a place that I will show you. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. I will curse those who curse you. For you to be useful in the hands of God, you need to come to a place of training. You need to leave a place of comfort. You have to leave your bed. You have to leave your house. You have to leave that which is familiar. And when you come to a place of God, that is the only place where you can see the purpose that God has for your life. You will be blessed. There is a blessing that comes when you are, when you are fully equipped. 
Useful men have always followed God to a place of training. People that God has used in the time past, they've always followed God to the place of training. Throughout the, the lives of the, the disciples of Jesus, we see that he calls them. He calls them, come, I will make you fish out of men. And they dropped everything they had. Jesus was training them three and a half years. He was training them for the work of the ministry. He was training them every day. There was conversations that he was having with them. There are so many things they saw. This is a training place for the disciples. In case you are thinking that, who disciple the disciples? That three and a half years was their training place. It was a place of equip, equipping them. They left their professions. They saw something greater. They left their profession to a place of equipping. They were disciples. For you to be properly equipped, you need to be a disciple. There is need to be a disciple of Jesus. For you to be properly equipped. And let's read First uh, Kings. First King, we see the story of Elisha and Elijah. And First Kings chapter 19, verse 19. So he, de- so he departed from there, and Elisha, the son of Shephard, who was, plumbing, who was plowing wheat. Wait. Second Kings chapter we see this place where Elisha left the place he was doing. He kissed his, in verse 20, he said that he kissed his parents goodbye. And he left his profession and followed Elisha. Praise God. He killed the oxen in verse 21 where he was using to farm. He said, I've left this profession. I want to follow something greater. What will make a man leave his profession or his families? Second Kings chapter, Second Kings chapter, Three, verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of, that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king answered, answered, and answered Israel, answered the king of Israel and said, Elisha, the son of Shepherd, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elijah. He left his profession. And he became a servant. He became a servant to Elijah. To Elijah. And part of his work is pouring water. He left plowing the field. And part of his work is plowing, is, is, is pouring water in his hand. There is need for discipleship. What will make a person leave his work and follow somebody he does not know? He said he found him and he followed him. To be his servant and to pour water in his hand. He has found a greater purpose. He knows that farming is not his profession. He has been bored of farming. So this this meeting is here to to help you get out of that thing that you are tired of doing. That thing that you're tired of doing. That profession that you're tired of doing. To find something greater. To find a greater purpose. It makes you leave whatever you're doing. And I perceive in this meeting that people are going to find purpose. People are going to see the Lord in this place. People are going to see the Lord in this place. Praise God. And we also see the story of uh, Moses. 
where he fled Egypt and he was uh, taking care of his uh, father-in-law's sheep in the mountain. And it's also his place of equipping. He needed to come out. He needed to come out of Egypt for him to understand or for him to be able to be used by God. There is need for him to encounter God in a special way. Out of the, the, the crowd of Egypt, out of the things that he was comfortable around, he needed to come to the backside of the mountain or the top of the mountain. He needed to come to the mountain of the Lord because that's the place where he had an encounter with God, where he saw the bush that was not burning. He needed to see God for him to be able to relate this same God to these people. He needed to see the I am. He needed to see the Yahweh. He needed to ask him, what should I say to your people when they ask me? This place is a place of encounter. It's a place where when you finish, if somebody asks you a question, who is this God that you serve? You are able to say it. You are able to declare it with every precision because you are trained, because you know. Praise God. This is a place of encounter. He needed to know the name of the Lord. He needed to understand God for himself. Praise God. So let's just go back and close to the same Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. So, in verse 13, it talks about until we come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of our, the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So we have come here so that we can be united. We can come to a place of unity, a place of awesomeness, a place where we are complete. Like I've said it earlier, a place where we know God, a place of a perfect man, the ultimate goal to be a perfect man, to a place where you are perfected. Until all, we all come to, this, these things were given to us, these people were given to us so that we, we all come to that place of unity of faith. Where we come to a place of wholesomeness, praise God. That we no longer be children. We no longer be people that are very confused. We no longer be, be people that follow every wind of doctrine. We no longer people that uh, have some type of bias. We come to a place of wholesomeness, a place where we are complete. We no longer be children tossed through and full, carried around by every wind of doctrines. We no longer be tricked. So the meeting is geared so that we will grow. We will speak the truth in love. And ultimately, we will be like Christ. Praise God. Let's just rise up on our feet as we pray.